From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. Right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and Erin Carey, and we are doing a simulcast today on food and mood. Boy, Erin, if I had a dollar for every time I was in a bad mood because I ate the wrong food, I would be like a billionaire. Yes, this is one of my favorite topics. It's (laughs) definitely one of the things that I talk to people about all the time, because why, you know, I think we know that our food and mood what we eat makes us feel differently, but we don't really know what to do about it. You know, I think that's the biggest problem for people is we understand the effects, but we don't know where do we go with that information? Well, and which comes first, the chicken or the egg? This is my, my question all the time. Am I in a bad mood and then I choose wrong food or am I choosing wrong food and putting myself in a bad mood? Because I seem to be I don't know what starts it. That's like my biggest thing is like, I want to get ahead of it. And so one of the things I've been doing is I make sure that like within an hour of waking up in the morning, I have a protein shake that seems to help me avoid that spiral. And I do it whether I'm hungry or not. And that's one of the weird things because I don't have hunger cues unless I'm starving. So I don't know if I've messed up my body from binge eating and, you know, having an eating disorder and, you know, did I mess it all up or did our environment mess it up? Am I going too fast? Like all of the above, but do you set your watch for when you're supposed to eat or are you supposed to eat when you're hungry? Cause if you don't, if you're like me, I'm not hungry, hungry, I'm not hungry. I'm starving. Like <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, it's just not an easy transition. And I don't know when I'm supposed to eat because I can't depend on my hunger cues. Yeah, that's interesting. And I come across that a lot with the people that I work with. I, I actually lead a mindful eating class. And that's one of the things that we talk about is so often because we're listening to everybody else tell us when to eat starting from birth, right? Even from when baby food is introduced, it's like, oh, you need to clean your plate. You need to finish this, have one more bite of this, and then you can have your dessert or whatever it is. Then we go to school, elementary school, middle school, high school, and you get maybe 20, 25 minutes to eat lunch. So, but it's at a set time. You don't actually get to choose when you eat. So I think it's kind of, we're set up to ignore our hunger cues. Then you factor in dieting and all these yo-yo diets that people go back on and off. And I'm guilty of that throughout my lifetime as well. So it's like, well, gosh, am I supposed to eat every two to three hours or am I supposed to intermittent fast? Or am I supposed to have two big meals of the day? Or like, what is it? And I think the truth of it is, is it, whatever works for you is what works, you know, because we all have different bodies. If we all had the same bodies responding the same way to the same thing, we wouldn't have the health problems we have, you know, like it would just be a different world, but we are all so so unique and individualized with our eating and our response to food and our hunger cues that it makes it really tricky. And there isn't just like a, 
one size fits all prescription for eating a certain way. Well, that's, I think really, you know, it, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I look at, you know, all these different, you know, diets or eating plans or, you know, out there. And I'm like, some of them just wouldn't work for me, you know, and I can, yeah. I can cross those off the list, but then you get into the confusion of how do you know when your blood sugar is getting low? Like I only know when it gets to the point where I've got a wicked headache or I'm really crabby or I like slam the door on the car and I'm like, Ooh, where did that come from? Like, wow, I must be, you know, and then I check in with myself. How do you, how do you check in on yourself? Like when you're busy? Yeah. I mean, and that that's, but part of that I think has to do with when you're saying the chicken or the egg, some of that has to do with, well, why are you so busy and what's keeping you from checking in on yourself and what's actually like, are you able to plan at all? Cause if not, maybe you need to rearrange some things, <laughs> you know? I mean, if you're so busy that you can't, and this is, I say this for myself too. I'm not saying this, like I'm telling anybody any certain way I'm saying all of this that I've learned, it's because of stuff I've had to deal with for myself yep. and what I've gone through, through eating and learning to find what works for me because different seasons call for different solutions. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think, you know, I even think as long as we're, and this is what I tell people when we're fueling up on enough protein, like I like what you said about protein, because especially for women, as we get older, we need more protein. So if we're fueling up with enough protein, enough fiber, that's going to help with the blood sugar management and keep us kind of off of that blood sugar roller coaster, enough fat, because fat is satiating. It's really good for our hormones hormones and our neurotransmitters. As long as we have a blend of those three things, I never include carbs because we're going to get those naturally. Our body is always going to seek out carbs. That's right. just natural. But if we're fueling up on those three things and making sure that we're getting in those in there somehow, somewhere, it it's more likely that we're going to stay fuller longer, but we do want to tune into those hunger cues as soon as it's like, okay, huh, I'm feeling a little bit hungry. Well, maybe I'll grab, have something prepared that I can grab quickly. Like even this morning, like I, I had a pretty busy morning. I was doing a lot and I know that I do have a certain protein shake that I love. I love to chew my food. I think chewing is important for our digestion, but man, I love that protein shakes have been designed because they are perfect for moms on the go because <laughs> sometimes you need that because that's like, okay, I know that these nutrients are already in here and I'm going to be filled up and fueled for my day. As opposed to if I was just growing or getting say like a handful of pretzels, like that's not going to hold me on the way out. Yeah. That's not going to hold me that that's like, just, it's just straight glucose fuel, whatever, which is fine. And we do need that to an extent and it has its place, but it's not going to last very long. And it's not going to give my brain what I need. And my brain really does rely on protein first for neurotransmitter support. You know, my brain relies on fat and, and I need something that's, you know, helping with the blood sugar fluctuations, which is the fiber. And so I know the shake that I like to drink, it has that in there, you know? And so it's like, we've got, we've got to find that thing that keeps us for a few hours. <laughs> so we know we, we have this time where we, we don't want to have to think about food all the time. That's the other part of the problem, right? Yep. Well, and I think as moms, especially, and, you know, for me, a full-time single, you know, working mom and caring for my 80 year old dad, I have elder care issues on top of it. 
like food is ready to drive me bananas because I have, you know, one kid who's no gluten, like he can't have gluten. And then the other one has a problem with dairy. You know, we don't want diarrhea. We don't want, you know, mm -hmm. tummy aches like that's it's It just is. And then I've got my dad who's low sodium, low sugar. He's a diabetic. And I'm like, what the flip are we supposed to eat as a family? And I realized when I cook on Sundays there and I cook a bunch of meals on Sundays and I put them in the fridge. It's more important that we eat together as a family than what we're eating. So if, you know, gluten kid has his vegetables and his chicken and, you know, lactose kid doesn't have any cheese on anything like, <laughs> like, you know, or when my dad wants to eat the vegetarian lasagna I made because he can have cheese, like, you know, everybody <laughs> can grab what they want to eat and what their bodies can tolerate. And then sometimes I sit there with my protein shake because I'm so worn out from trying to manage everybody else's food needs. But if I don't, then I've got one kid in the bathroom with diarrhea and another one on the stomach, you know, his stomach is hurting. And then I can't get anything done because I'm a mom. You have to take care of them. So, you know, it's kind of like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. But I did finally get to the epiphany of going, we don't all have to eat the same meal. Now, that doesn't mean I'm making five custom meals a night, but if my dad pulls the lasagna out, Max pulls chicken and, and broccoli, and then Zachary, you know, whatever, how that works, that to me is much more doable because meal time is insane, especially because we've been all home with COVID. Oh, for sure. And you know, you know, the thing that I always say that I, I always joke, I probably say too much, but I say a body and stress won't digest. So if you are, you know, in a situation, you're a mom, you have kids with all these different eating needs, you know, everything that you're just talking about. And if you're stressed out by the time that you sit down to actually digest your food, it doesn't matter what you're eating because now you're, you're so far down in stress mode that your body's not going to digest it. So you got to do what you got to do with the situation that you have. And I think, you know, there, there are a lot of different solutions out there, but I, I think that like you said, sometimes you've got to have a fin for yourself kind of night. Like here are the options. You pick one. We yep. have it available like left overnight. You know, the other thing I really, our family loves is um, bowl style eating. Like basically we have like a, a protein and a rice or a pasta or whatever, a bunch of different vegetables. Now throw it all together, however you want to. And yep. you put whatever sauce you want to put on it. You figure it out. If you want cheese, you can add cheese. If you can't do the cheese, you know, don't do the cheese, you know, whatever it is. And that typically makes makes people happy because my kids are really picky about vegetables. And again, like I mentioned about fiber, I'm really big on making sure we have vegetables for mental health and for blood sugar and all of that. So I want them to eat vegetables, but I don't want to force feed them either and make mealtime a stressful experience. There you go. You want your, you don't want your, your kids don't have to love you, but they don't have to hate you either. Like, right. you know, that's, that's, you know, you can make your kids hate you, even though you're doing the right thing, how you're doing it matters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, and so giving them a little bit of a, it's almost like empowering them to choose for themselves within this range of choices, I think is big because our kids need to understand that food is mood and they need to be able to see the different effect that food plays on how they feel, whether it's physically or mentally or whatever. And it's, I don't know how your kids are. I have one that's around your kid's age, but you're a little bit ahead of me. So how do you get your kids to that point where they understand Oh, I, I eat this and I don't feel great. How have you gotten there? Oh, they had to make themselves sick. 
Like I will tell you, I, I didn't, I didn't have any great parenting aha things. You know, we did have our battles. And what's funny is my little vegetable eater went to only meet um, about like 10 years old, like up until 10 years old, he was Joe vegetable. Then he was like, you know, and then middle school started. And for some reason, middle school was the junk years. And he was eating, yes. you know, just so much junk. I mean, to the point where, and then, you know, he's 14 now. So around 13, like from 10 to 13 were the junk years. And there was nothing I could do about it. Cause he'd stop after school and, you know, his friends would give him a hamburger, like, you know, cause I'm like, take the money away take the food away like ah, you know they will find a way to get it and finally I just threw my hands up and then he started really breaking out in acne he his his skin was bad he was tired he was sick and I'm like finally I said listen kid I said you're not putting the right stuff in your body and I'm like you look at what your brother puts in his fancy car he puts in good gasoline so you're going to put good gasoline into a car but you're not going to put good food in your body that was like the only thing and it, but it took him even after our conversation, he's like, yeah, yeah, mom, <laughs> it took a, probably a good month after that to go, you know what, I probably need to eat better. And then he came down and he's like, okay, I want to, I want to learn, you know, to eat. Yeah. I love that. Cause it does, it is a process, but you want them to learn for themselves. It's a funny story. I think, you know, yes, middle school is, is one of those ages, but I will say if you've ever been to a birthday party with a six-year-old and a pinata, that's a whole other experience because my sweet Roman, when he was six, he went to a birthday party, got all kinds of candy from the pinata. And it's like, I mean, it's really just the straight up, like just the all the food dies, all the, you know, right. and he's like, can I have one? And I'm like, sure, have one. I didn't realize I looked over, he had eaten probably 10 to 20 pieces of candy. Oh. He asked me for what I didn't know. He ate like everything that he got at that point. Well, in my car on the way home, guess what happened? He threw up all over the back seat, all the colors oh, <laughs> he <just God>. consumed <laughs> came up and I asked him, I'm like, okay, well, you know, after, you know, after we cleaned it all up and after I was like, well, you know, what do you think caused that? He's like, I think I ate too much of that candy. You know, like, yeah. I was like, do you think maybe next time you'll, you'll stop it like one or two or, or five. You know? <laughs> and he, he said, yeah, I, I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to maybe listen to my body a little bit differently next time. It's like, okay, good. Listen to your body. Like that's right, the, the start. <laughs> the start. But I think they all have to go to that extreme. Mm -hmm. It is so hard. And I think, and it's one thing for kids to understand the physical, how it makes them feel physically, but how do we, you know, it's the whole, like the gut brain connection when it comes to eating, like, how do we get that across? You know, that, that the food that we eat can help our bodies produce neurotransmitters that send signals to our brain and create our feel good neurotransmitters so that we feel happy. So we're not stressed out. That's hard because that's a little bit more of an abstract concept it that is. adults. I can talk to adults about that all day long. And even for adults, it's an abstract concept. And it's like, yeah, but I like what I like. You know, like I, I don't want to eat broccoli because <laughs> I, I want to eat my French fries, you know, or whatever it is, which French fries have their place. I do love French fries. <laughs> oh, we all do. Everybody. That's, that's the problem. You know, I think, you know, one of the things I think is, you know, that helped me is I did get a little bit involved with the kids schooling and helping the, you know, like helping the, the them 
realize that fueling before a test, fueling like mm-hmm. as they got older, like we're like, okay, we got to give your brain some food so it mm-hmm. can really work well on your test today. And I know a couple of the schools that we attended over the years were really big about, look, it's testing week. So make sure you have a good breakfast. But, you know, for my kids, a good breakfast is, you know, Pop-Tarts, waffles, <laughs> you know, things that, that, you know, aren't going to fuel them for the long term. And we used mm-hmm. to have the egg wars because the kids now are back to eating eggs. But we had, first <laughs> yeah. of all, I had no money. So I was really broke. So we only had the choice for breakfast was oatmeal with a little bit of nuts and fruits chopped up in it. Or you could have eggs with like spinach and a little bit of cheese until we figured out cheese was not good for the one kid. But, you know, that was it, like two choices. And I think the other thing that helps Aaron, and I, I, I didn't do this really well when the kids were tiny, cause I was eating it too, but it's like, just don't bring it in your house. Yeah. Like we haven't had, like when I bring cookies in the house, it's because it's a party or a treat. Like I don't buy cookies. I don't buy chips. Like, and the other trick that I learned from another mom, cause she's like, her kids only eat fruit after school. And I'm like, how do you get them to do that? And she's like, don't give them any other choice. Put the bowl yeah. of fruit. Like she takes the fruit out of the fridge and sometimes it's cut up or sometimes it's just a bowl of fresh fruit. She just puts it on the table mm-hmm. and they can, cause they're going to grab whatever's closest. Yes. And I will do that. Like I will grab whatever's closest. And if you put a cupcake or a banana, you know, or a piece of broccoli, like I'm going for the cupcake. Anyone would. So (laughs) help your kids help themselves by just putting out, you know, a snack after school and put it on the table. Don't make any big deal about it. Let them wander over. They're like sharks. They'll sniff it out. They'll get over there eventually. And, you know, then they'll, they'll make that choice and they may bitch and whine to you for a while, which mine did. There's no chips in the house. There's no cookie. They say there's nothing good to eat. <laughs> nothing good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, nothing good I've heard eat. that. <laughs> and so I say, you know what, I'm really sorry. I haven't gotten to the store. You know, I'll think about it next time I go to the store and I think about it and I make the decision. No. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, but eventually they stop asking and you start getting used to not reaching for the snack cabinet or not reaching for, because if there's nothing else there, but fresh fruit or cut up vegetables or, you know, whatever you're going to give your kids hummus and stuff, you know, you can put that out and just leave it. Yes. And it's, it's so true. I recently discovered that as well, as long as it's out there, as long as I have it out there and it's cut up, if I keep it in the drawer in the fridge and it's not washed or cut or anything, it's going to go bad. That's right. <laughs> so somebody has to cut it up, wash it, put it out. And that person is me. And yep. even though it takes a little bit of effort on my part, <laughs> it's not that bad. And like my kids, I mean, you know, they like raw bell peppers. They like cucumbers. Sure. They'll eat broccoli. And it's funny. Sometimes they like broccoli raw more than they like broccoli cooked. And I'm like, whoa, like to me, that does not. I like it raw, not cooked. That's so funny. Oh, that is hilarious because I just, oh, I can't handle it. But if it's out, they will eat it. And same thing with fruit, you know, and it's funny how it changes during the the warm and the cold season, they'll crave different things, but I, they, they'll eat it if it's cut out and if it's out there. And so I just have to be mindful. You know, we did that for dinner the other night where it was kind of a, one of those, everything, anything you can find deals. But I was like, I just left out a whole bunch of cut vegetables. I left out. I think we had some leftover over meat that we had grilled, maybe like some pasta salad. I don't even just like random stuff. Right. Leftovers. They, they're like, Ooh, cucumbers. 
I want cucumbers. Can I have cucumbers? I'm like, yes, yes, you can always have cucumbers. <laughs> that is always okay. You know, and, and something else fun that I love to do with kids is talk about the colors, how the different colors do different things in our bodies, you know, so purple, anything purple is going to be good brain, brain food. And so if we're talking about food and mood, I like to talk about blueberries. Like I have my poor four-year-old, like he knows blueberries are for your brain. Like I've been talking to him about that since he was little, little yeah. you know, purple cabbage or, you know, purple onion. My other kid could eat onions raw because he's just like that. Yeah. Uh, but I tell him that the purple onion has different properties than the white onion, which make it a little bit more beneficial for your brain, you know, so all these little things, it's fun to be able to share those things with kids and embrace those kinds of colors, as opposed to the colors that we get in our candy and in our <laughs> special treat. Right, eat your colors. Yeah. Hey, here's my M&Ms. Like I got five of colors in there, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. And I, I think one of the things like you were talking about, like, you know, when you put food yeah. out in the winter months, this is like my go-to and I can bring it out again and again. I chop up a bunch of vegetables and I make just a, a an old fashioned chicken soup. You know, it's got chopped up chicken in there and, and I boil mm -hmm. it on the stove and I actually make a big pot of it and I store it in my fridge and I rewarm it right before the kids come home from school because it's cold in the afternoon. They come mm -hmm. in, they're hungry and they'll be like, oh boy. And it's got some noodles in it and it's got, you know, lettuce, um, carrots, onions, celery, garlic, chicken, you know, maybe some spinach and then, you know, some boiled chicken in there and they'll come in and that sounds so good to them. Them. So they come in and they'll make a big bowl of it. Sometimes they eat two bowls of it. I'd rather have them do that than a bowl of chips. Yeah. You know, and in the summer, my rule for the summer, like I have guardrails, like if I don't, like if I buy a pineapple or a cantaloupe or a watermelon, if I don't cut it up, the minute it comes home from the store, it's not happening. Like, I don't know what happens mm -hmm. to me. I can walk by that watermelon and go, I hate you. You know, <laughs> just so true. looks at me. I look at it and I don't do it. But when I'm in that mood of, or that mode of bringing home and preparing things, even though I'm tired of coming home from the store, I will chop those suckers up and put them in bins. And for those of you that don't know how to really do a good fridge, I did a whole show about organizing your fridge and you measure the inside of your fridge inside and then divide by three. And that's what size like rectangle containers you buy because you can fit them three aside. And then if you stay within the same family, you can have half containers and quarter containers. Don't buy rounds. Don't buy those sets that, you know, don't fit in anywhere. Because when you're feeding a family, you have a full fridge. Mm -hmm. And so having a system for your fridge. And so I have, I probably have 10 of the full size ones, 10 of the half ones, and maybe 10 of the small ones. So that when I chop up all the pineapple or I wash the grapes, they go right into the plastic container and those fit. And you've seen me post on my social media, my fridge, mm -hmm. how good it looks, because it looks like a professional kitchen, you know, and it's not expensive. You can get them at the 99 cent store, but the point is to buy the containers that fit in your fridge size. So measure it, divide by three. Now you know how many containers can fit across. I love that. And I think that goes back to the whole, what we said in the beginning is does food determine mood or does your mood determine what food you're going to eat? Well, ahead of time, you can be guaranteed that it's going to help support your mood to have your food prepped ahead of time. And you're, I think you're the queen of meal prep. <laughs> You've done a lot with meal prep before. 
Yeah. I mean, Aaron, I can't not because as a single mom, you know, my dad has to eat at four 30. He he's just, you know, he's 89. That's what they do. So they're the four o'clock eaters. My kids don't get home from their sports usually till six o'clock. And then where do I eat in between this? And with everybody's dietary conditions, if I can cook up every week, I do the same thing. I have a cooked chicken. I have a cooked either pork roast or beef roast. Like that's cooked on a Sunday. Then I make a, a, a whole, you know, square container, a rectangle container of pasta. And I have a whole container of brown rice or white rice. Like I alternate rices, but those are all pre-cooked on a Sunday because those you can scoop and grab and go. And then the rest is cut up vegetables and cut up fruit and washed and cleaned. And yes, is it a real big pain on Sundays? It probably takes me two hours to do the whole thing with including the shopping, like the shopping and then the cut. Cause you know, like while you're cutting all this stuff up, I'm making a load of rice. I'm the, you know, meats mm -hmm. are in the oven, you know, or something's in the air fryer. Like all of that's being done at once. Like I'll do shrimp in the air fryer at the same time. And then everything goes into the fridge in these containers so I can make tacos. I can make, you know, any number of things, meals for the week. But the, the two or three hours it takes on Sunday means no hours during the work week. And I don't yes. have those work week hours to blow. And it's the difference between me being able to go to take my five o'clock spin class and then come home and have dinner with the kids because everything's all made. It just needs to be reheated. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to fill my kids up with boxed foods. Like I'm, I have right. a real problem with the boxed foods, with the preservatives, the salt, the fat content, all those things. So if I spend a couple hours on a Sunday prepping for the whole week, then I've gained five hours in my week, at least cooking. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and then you think about, then you're not having those times when, cause I've done that the times that I don't plan or prep or whatever, I stand in front of my fridge and I'm like, none of this looks good to me. I don't want to make any of it. So let's just order out. <laughs> you yep. know? Then you have that. And then we're dealing with whether it's a, a gluten or a dairy or a whatever issue where well, you get pizza and now everybody feels like crap. <laughs> so right. Right. I just, just poisoned my family. The only one who does well with pizza is my 89 year old dad. He could eat it till the cows come home. No way. Yeah. You know, you're right. I mean, you know, but the whole thing is how do you, and this is, this is my, was my aha moment in my journaling. How do I want to spend my week? Mm. Like I want to spend my week working, going to my kids events and I want to spend it getting my daily workout in because it keeps my stress down. What's not in that equation, cooking and then cleaning up dishes. So when it's just a matter of, you know, reheating, then you can either use paper plates, which we use a lot, or we use the regular plates. And then I just rinse them off and stick them in the dishwasher. And then in three days I can run it. You know, I don't put them in there all gummy because they'll, they'll mm -hmm. in Southern California, it'll dry like cement on there. You know? <laughs> but if you just rinse the plate off and put it in and then it can be washed and sanitized later, that I can do but I'm not washing pots during the week. I'm not washing a bunch of plates. I'm not cooking for an hour and then cleaning up for a half an hour and being miserable and hating my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some people like that. Some people consider that cooking time therapeutic. And there are times when my stress yeah. levels are low that I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to make something I've never made. Yes. Tonight. I'm going to do something fun. But generally speaking, that's, 
my stress levels are just not that low during the week. (laughs) Saturday night, I will make a really nice dinner. Usually, you know, I might grill a steak and, you know, make a, make a dessert or make something. And that's fun because I have the time, but it's not fun to rock it out of the car after work. And then everybody's going everywhere during the week with their sports and their activities. The only one that's home is my dad sitting there and he can't taste salt or fat anymore. So he's not allowed to cook because (laughs) yeah, when you can't taste salt or fat, that's, you know, he's like, Oh, there's more butter in here. And I'm like, you used four pounds of butter and mashed potatoes. Like they're running off the plate. But, but my point being is, is you have to look at your week and go, what, how do I want to spend my week? You know, that matters, Aaron, like you matter as a mom, you get a choice, you know, even though our kids and husbands and dads don't, don't always agree with us. We matter. Yep. Well, and that's, and that's the problem that I come in contact with, with a lot of people I work with is that they know like, okay, I know I need to prepare healthy meals for my family. I know I need healthy meals, but it's so stressful to me. I know that my body is struggling to digest what I'm putting into it because I spend so much time making sure it's the right thing for each person. And, but getting ahead of it, like you're saying, it does make a difference because now you are less stressed. Your body's going to be more likely to digest whatever it is that you put into it. And you can, it maybe hopefully enjoy a meal with your family because, you know, when we look at the blue zones, you know, the studies, they've done studies on the people who have lived the longest and who are the healthiest for a longer time and, and die of natural causes. Most of them, them, their biggest practice that contributes to longevity is sitting at a table with other people and enjoying a meal with people that they care about. That is really important to our health. It's really important to our emotional health. It's really important to our physical health, all of it. And it's something that stresses us out when we're going, oh, what am I going to make? Or what am I? Or okay, well, I'll just eat after the kids eat. And I'm just going to sit down after they're in bed and eat at 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. Well, that's really not helpful either. That's way oh. too late. But I know people who do it. Sure. And it's like, okay, so how can you enjoy a meal with everybody? And I understand that kids play sports and there are sure. all sorts of things that can from time to time, season to season. But man, if you could sit down at a meal with people you care about just three times a week, I think right. that that's a lot more than most people have that. I mean, just minimum, right? Like ideally we'd want more than that, but just three days a week would be awesome. And I think it would really contribute to lessening, decreasing our stress levels, maybe increasing some gratitude, which is also helpful for well, our stress and slowing levels. Slowing the pace, slowing the yeah. roll. Because the yes. family goes too fast. Like we're, yeah. we're passing each other ships in the night and to be able to just sit down and relax and enjoy a meal and not have the mom pressure of pots and pans. That's the other thing I want. I just want to mm-hmm. say, like when you cook on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you have like, you know, like I have a chicken pan. I have a, you know, I've got all these pans. They go right in the washer. The rice cooker bowl goes in the washer. The Instapot thing goes in the washer. Like everything goes and it fills up and it washes itself. And I I'm busy stacking up and putting things away. And when the fridge is all nice and full, then I can go and enjoy my week knowing that lunches can be pulled out of there. Dinners can be pulled out of there. And I'm not having to do as much because when you're overloaded, you know, that's what you're talking about. When you're overloaded as most moms are with small children or even with teenagers And if you're working full-time and if you're like me working full-time and single, something's got to give. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and the time that we spend, I would rather be spending time just sitting and eating <laughs> than making the food. And that's important too, for digestion, you know, like just taking our time chewing longer, you know, how hard it is to chew a French fry over 20 times. It is impossible Possible. because it just turns to mush right away. It's designed to be consumed quickly. All of our processed foods oh, wow. are designed to be addictive and consumed quickly because that it really, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a, it's a genius brain hack for the people who make those things because now we want more. Oh, well that was fast. I'm going to have more of it. It's like, it creates, we create these new neural pathways in our brain for something that's easy for us. So we keep doing it. But if you sat down and you tried to chew a raw bell pepper 20 times, it's going to happen and the flavor is going to change and the flavor is going to get better and it's going to get sweeter and your body's going to digest it differently. And so when we take our time to sit and eat instead of rushing through things because we don't have the time because way, well, we might've spent too much time cooking it, or maybe we didn't, you know, maybe the meal went bad. And so, or we did something wrong with it. And so we ordered out, you know, and we end up eating these things that are processed and prepackaged and meant to be consumed quickly. It just changes the way it's digested in our body. You know, it's changed. Right. It changes the way that our, our body, our gut microbiome even utilizes the nutrients and sends signals to our brain so that we feel full or we feel calm or we feel at peace. Because if we don't feel full and at peace and calm when we're eating, it's just going to drive overeating. It's, it's so right. fascinating the way the brain, our brain and, and the rest of our body and intestinal system work together for us. And it's, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not surprising why we as a population are getting sick. Yeah. You know, between, you know, not giving yourself enough break from digital, whether it's computer, you know, TV, phone, running to eat. Like I think of that French fry thing. I'm like, most of the things that we eat are quick, quick. Yeah. 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 And then if you're, if it's taking long for you, or if it's harder for your body to process and digest because you're eating it too fast, you're not sending all those signals. It also sends inflammatory signals throughout your body. So now, you know, and we have all sorts of really interesting studies that if you eat sugar, it suppresses your immune system for hours. So now we've got inflammation. We have immune systems that are just hijacked and yeah, totally. Because we really don't know how to slow down and enjoy our food. And our body doesn't know how to break down what we're giving it because it does start to rely on, oh, well, this is easy. This is something that, that I get all the time. So I'm used to this. And I think that's also why it's hard for people when they start making changes and like, well, I want to eat for my mood. You know, I want to eat to improve my mood and have more vegetables and all of this. It, it doesn't taste right at first, you know, because you're used to that highly like overly processed stuff that has been designed by somebody who's making good money for that food to be addicting to you. They, I mean, your, your body's only doing what these companies are relying on it to do. Right. So it's, it's not, you know, you're just playing along here. So yeah, I mean, it's a big struggle to make those changes, but it absolutely, like you're saying is worth it in the end, because it's going to help decrease your stress and it's going to improve your mood and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if I said to you, Aaron, you know what, eat straight from the farm, like where I grew up, like we would eat off our trees, we'd eat off our cattle or off our land, eat off our corn, you know, that was a no brainer. And when I go home and I look at my friends who eat off their land, 
you know, because they're all farmers, you know, majority of them are healthy with the exception of some pesticide problems, you know, from, from farming, (laughs) but, but we go to the grocery store and it was funny when my friends from Australia came in, they were horrified. They're like, everything's in a bag, everything's in a Mm. box. Like in Australia, you go to the market and there's loads of bins of fresh fruit and things. They don't have a lot of the packaged stuff we have. So having that, like, I just stay clear of the middle of the grocery store. Like, it's really easy. I, and I try not to go down the aisles with the kids because the aisles are where the junk is. Like I go in, I hit the, you know, the fruits and vegetables are on this side, the, you know, milk, you know, meat is on the back and then, you know, dairy's kind of on the side. Most grocery stores are kind of laid out that way. So if you just do the ring road and stay out, you know, Mm -hmm. stay out of that center, it's a lot less tempting and, you know, look at what you're consuming. How close is it to the tree? Yeah. Yeah. And it, a friend of mine, it's funny. She says, if it comes from the ground, it's way more sound. And I love that. I think that that's oh, yeah. true. If it comes from the ground, it's way more sound. If it comes from a plant, <laughs> it's got to investigate that. If it comes from some kind of a chemical processing, you know, it's, it's time to take pause and it's fine to have treats, you know, but yeah. if you're having it every day, it's not a treat. You know, no. it's, it's right. no longer a treat. Right. I remember soda once a week or cookies once a week, like, you know, not what's available now, but I want to give a food for thought and then we'll wrap it up. But I, I was reading this book called Brightline Eating and um, she made me think about something. She said, you know, heroin comes from distilled down flowers, right? And uh, cocaine comes from distilled down coffee beans. Sugar comes from distilled down sugar cane and flour comes from distilled down wheat. So none of those are in their natural state. They've been highly, you know, processed and concentrated because you can't eat enough cocoa beans to get high. You can't eat enough poppies (laughs) to get high. You know, so when I looked at that and I thought, wow, heroin, cocaine, sugar and white flour. Like, are they that different? So I just give you that just to, to, to literally chew on. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. When you put, you know, when you think about putting things in your body going, wow, that's, that, that's something. And what's it going to do to your brain? You know, what's yep. it, what's it creating? What new neural pathway is being created by consuming this over and over again? Yep. Well, love that. Love that. All right. Well, Erin Carey, thank you for the simulcast today. I think we've given our moms and our friends, our listeners, a lot to think about today. We'll be back again next week. We're glad you joined us for Powered Up Talk Radio. Each week, we share innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. See you next time on Powered Up Talk Radio.